It's Wednesday, December 23rd, 2020, and you're listening to episode 559 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 59 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. I'm Laura. My name's Chad. And I'm Brodor. This is like an episode of General Bootspittle. General Bootspittle? Yes. <laughs> Not spittle. Like, I'm making a pun on hospital. Oh. Because, so, yeah, go around okay. the table. I get it. Today, so like Brodor and Chad finally reveal their mutual passion <gasps> for agave. Which you're unable to act upon, Brodor, because of your ladder-writing ways. Yeah, no, it's so true. Ladder, mount, <laughs> can carry up to a medium-sized character up to 10 feet per round. I, I was so excited because when I got to the ER... Dex save or lose both arms. Multiple times, well, I clearly passed my save, but... Multiple you needed times. emergency surgery. I was you have a prosthetic. I was referred to as young and healthy. No, what I think wow. happened. Wow. I think you botched your save. You How lost the arms. How much did you bribe them? Uh, none. I was really <laughs> out of it. Their heel check That's passed. So that's what occurred. Yeah, it was what not I, you making your save. <laughs> what I like about the scar, though, is that if he bends his arm, it makes an L because he fell off a ladder. Well, it looks like the Joker's mouth, right? It looks like it kind of does. Yeah. Are you going to get that Joker tattooed into something? No. No, like, well, like, be proud you of know, your scar. Another line of a ladder, and you can yeah, or you can do like a ladder going straight, and then have that tattooed over like one of those. Uh, what's that horrible comic with the kid who runs around places and like Family Circus? Oh, oh and yeah. yeah, and that that line could be the line the kid took around the ladder. <laughs> sure, I could do that, or do you like a weird stylized shoots and ladders thing, and the mm-hmm. sh- or snakes and ladders mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And ladders, mm-hmm. and ladders and ladders we could do i mean there's a lot of yeah yeah and with the, th- the worst part is is it, it f***ed up the window frame right so my ladder's propped up against the house right at like maybe a 50 degree angle and it's on concrete of course the concrete's getting wet from the power washer so the ladder feet slip vrip, i ride the ladder down and it oh. mangles the aluminum frame of the window downstairs in my TV room. And so, so this gone. was a power washing? I assumed it was Christmas lights. No, I was power washing the house and that I had no shit, dimension like to this. Two percent of the house left, right? So <laughs> I'm about 10, 12 feet up in the air. At least that's where my head is. And the ladder slips, man. I grab it with my right hand and up my right shoulder, split my lip. I got a scar right here from my lip, you know, mm-hmm. where I ripped it open up the inside of my mouth i thought at first i broke my nose and i just crushed my elbow and i got up i rolled over i was stunned but never lost consciousness and i just picked up my left wrist very delicately in my right hand and walked in the house blood's rushing out of my nose Jeez. down this tiny cut in my forehead yeah. rushing down my lip and I get my phone and I just sit on the floor and I'm like, I, I can make this work. Right. So I got, I call my wife and I'm like, I'm going to need you to take me to the ER. She's like, Oh my God, what happened? It's fine. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then I went, of course, before that I had my COVID self quarantine, right. mm-hmm. which either I never had COVID at all, or I went through a very low symptomatic, asymptomatic. I don't know. All I can say is I never felt bad. So, yay. Except right after that, a little bit earlier this week, I start getting some fluid buildup in my left ear. And I'm like, I better take some Sudafed. That'll probably clear this up. It was yesterday or the day before I wake up 
and there's blood all over my pillow. Jesus. And so I like, what the hell's going on? I can better go see a doctor about this. So I get a doctor appointment for Thursday. Today's uh, Wednesday to put this in perspective for the people listening. And then this morning I woke up and could not hear it all out of my left ear. I mean, it's completely deaf now and all the area around the ear, especially below it hurts like hell. And it hurts so much because that tissue goes all the way down to where the jaw connects to the, the skull, which is right here. And so that's super inflamed to the point that, first of all, I can't close my jaw. Like, it's side, it's like crooked. Mm-hmm. Like, I close the right side of my jaw, but the left side stays stuck open because of the swollen tissue. And I can't chew anything because even on the right side of my mouth, that still puts enough pressure on the left side that it hurts like you would not believe. So I went to an urgent care today, which was kind of an adventure because... I was apparently the only person going through this place that wasn't getting tested for COVID. So I feel real good about that. <laughs> I mean, don't me too. They, they were, they were sanitizing yeah. and they were, you had to wait in your car. Yeah. I had to wait in my car. Like, I mean, they were taking it wasn't precautions. Like a line at six flags. No, 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 it was like, some, yeah, they're not yes. packing you into a waiting room with a yeah. bunch of, yeah, this wasn't was a, it COVID. COVID was not engineered to kill people <laughs> like you. So don't worry. Well, now it was engineered to destroy your taste buds, but and I won't get into that conspiracy. <laughs> but you are a productive. There's no <laughs> way you're getting blacklisted, man. You're you're fine. So I'm probably gone. <laughs> but, but you're I good. don't know, man. What they did to your ladder didn't work. Yeah, no, it did not. <laughs> That's it, it. Was something that somebody commented in a foreword to a George Orwell book was that for all the things George Orwell got right about human nature, the one that he got wrong was the competence and stability of a large bureaucratic authoritarian. Mm-hmm. You know, he overestimated how effective that much human incompetence could actually be. What's the line? The only thing saving us from the bureaucracy is itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sounds about right. Well, then thank God for the bureaucracy. But anyway, so yeah, we are just a, a ship of uh, grand animals here. But... I'm- I'm fine. I feel great for the moment. Yeah, I'm don't worry. Okay. <laughs> don't worry. It's two coming. Two <laughs> surgeries. I've had three surgeries in my life. Two of them have been amid COVID. So you're just trying to catch up to me. It's fine. Oh yeah, I'm not worried about Many it. surgeries. I'm a burn survivor. I've had t- well twelve before I turned fourteen. So yes. <laughs> See, never try to one up anybody. No, it's it's always someone. No, that was that was not one up. I was just I was just I had no idea. Yeah, that's. <laughs> No, a member could come in it here and it is. beat us all. So, eh, she didn't have twelve surgeries. She's fine. She, I had three stitches in elementary school. Uh-oh. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Where were they? With a hockey stick. That's Ouch. what you get for snitching, <laughs> right? <laughs> I thought somebody had a massive finger. I sat mm-hmm. one in the hospital bleeding once, and I said, "You know, uh, <gasps> oh, I'm all okay. cut up here." And they said, "Did you stitch?" <laughs> I said, "No." Slow. And they said, "Then a band aid will do you," and sent me home. <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. mm-hmm. <laughs> So we've got two topics for today. We'll see if we get through both of them or if one runs long, we'll just make the other one for next episode. And both of these, I originally wrote these as solo episodes because I didn't know how long I was going to be doing solo episodes. So they're based on my foray into RP and an MMO, which that episode should be you know out by the time you guys are hearing this. But both topics have a really good general application to role-playing as a whole, and so I realize RP and an MMO was kind of just a me topic, but the group as a whole should have no problem fielding these. The first one I want to throw out 
And this is kind of the reverse of one of our very, very early shows. We did a show a long time ago about the freak show. Mm -hmm. And what the freak show is, is when you play in a game and everyone can only figure out how to distinguish their character by being something weird. Yeah. And so Not, not just different, not like an elf amongst a party of humans. Right. But like, you're not supposed to play this. Right. Like, an, I'm going to be an owl bear from the future with a phaser gun mm. among a party of humans in regular yeah. D&D. I, I My have, parents are dead. They were both dragons, by the way. I have already had a tantrum. I have already, <laughs> I'm already putting my books in my back. I'm already on my way home. I'm in the car. Mm-hmm. Because you can't play the orphan what? of dragon parents. I, can't, or? I cannot. I can't be at that table. Yes, I agree. Right. But this is all right. So then the show remains in agreement on that because that was our view back then. <laughs> but one of the other points we raised was that I will say it, it depends on the character. And yeah, you depends. can make it work. I mean, yeah, there's I mean, some there's, leeway. Yeah. And, it, and it's like this line. It's like the starting point is where the party's at. And then the freak show is how far the line of their character extends away from what the yeah. party is doing. Yeah. And, and I, I think that there is some give. It can extend a little bit, but I think... It depends it, on how you play it. Right. Yeah. This mother... All right. So <laughs> I, I've done a lot of soul searching lately as a game master because huh. I have... Soul searching is not the noun I was expecting there. I, I, oh, I opened... Well, I mean, you get in your own head sometimes, right? Right. right? Brother, you don't have to answer this aloud for insurance reason, but when you fell off the ladder... <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Okay, I, I, yeah. <laughs> For those of you at home, well, I, bro- I, I, we won't pass on Broder's answer except to say there's no mystery here. <laughs> what? Well, I, I floated. That's why it was only a broken. Oh, arm. Yeah. yeah. So you did like that the, makes a lot the more sense. Princess Peach yeah. thing where yeah. your per, your yeah. uh, he yeah, got yeah. to roll advantage on the saving throw. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm high functioning, but, <laughs> but my point We're is, is high. here's here's what I need as a game master, mm-hmm. because we've talked a lot about my control issues specifically. Mm-hmm. The thing that I can't let go of is tone. Yeah. And yeah. if I say we are going to play game X and then someone comes and deliberately puts their fucking proverbial thumb in my eye mm-hmm. and making a character that not only doesn't fit in that tone Mm -hmm. but is contrary to that tone and then demands that i make no i just don't game with you anymore yeah i get that well all right so back when we did that show one of the points that we raised is there's a bunch of reasons people do this but one of the big things it's used for is for people to make their characters stand out and what we talked about then and we've been talking about for the 15 years since then or 14 years or whatever, is that you don't need that to make a character. It's interesting. Now, I'm not telling you it's a bad, wrong, fun, don't do it. It's your game. Do whatever the hell you want. It's easy character building. But, so when I was role-playing on this MMO, I shut down a room by simply saying, when they asked who I was or kind of what my story was, and I said, well, I'm not an orphan, I'm not descended from any royalty, and there's nothing weird in my genealogy. (laughs) And... (laughs) You want to, I tell you, you could feel, you could feel across the internet, people erasing and rewriting in such a hurry. <laughs> I made a choice to put myself in what I am calling the great unoccupied average that in real life, right? People are a bell curve. 
We all kind of cluster mm-hmm. towards basically average normal people. And there's extraordinary and bizarre things at the far, far edges and tiny percentages that most of us don't meet. Yeah. You all know that one crazy person who sure. lives this crazy life. Or we someone who's know. descended from somebody famous. Yeah. Right. We don't know a thousand crazy people. Yeah. And they're not your neighbors either. And in a role-playing game, though, that's flipped into a valley. So instead mm-hmm. of a bell curve, you have this valley where everybody's clustered on the edges. And if you ask, okay, who's playing the average person? The answer is usually not a whole lot of people. And I think the more open of a role-playing setting you get into, especially where people want their character to be noticed, which could be in your home role-playing game, mm-hmm. but certainly in some place like, let's say, a an MMO or an organized play event, it, you, it seem, this seems to come up more often. And what I've found is that you can actually make your character stand out and be the one weirdo at the table by not being the weirdo at the table. But doesn't that make you the weirdo? And what I mean by that is Brodor's playing the bugbear from Mars with the phaser sure. gun. And if that's well, the tone of the game. Yeah, Laura is playing the fairy princess dragon whose dad is Batman. Well, and then I'm playing some weird time-traveling space amoeba, and you play Joe Average public... Well, it's like you I mean, said, what, what, what is the measure of a freak right. show? It's the distance between your character, the rest of the party, and I'm on the moon. I would draw a second line. Dinosaurs shooting aliens. That's normal for the setting. For the setting. For the setting. And, but you're playing, not you, the, the you imaginary, know, imaginary you is playing you. the certified public accountant. Right. And uh, would, so, would you in. say, would you, you say this, you've sold me this work, right? <laughs> it's so extreme in the face of everyone else's yeah. extreme. I'm sold. It works for me. Right. Mm-hmm. But you flip that and I want to get a gun. So we're all playing CPAs yeah. and we're playing real life, the role playing game, the driest, most boring, painful role playing game in existence. <laughs> And you're playing the bugbear on a dinosaur. Well, sure. Let's go back to the D&D game oh, we played. Well, my question is, though. With those two situations reversed, is the CPA that's out of place and the dinosaur writing guy that's out of place, are they both freak show characters? Or is only the guy on the dinosaur the freak show? No, I think, to be fair, they Mm -hmm. both are. Mm -hmm. Because I think, to be fair, in both cases, you're trying to distinguish yourself not by the depth of your character, but by how far across the ocean you've gone with the idea. Like like you said, it's a line between your character and the rest of the characters. I would draw another Mm -hmm. line. It's also the distance between your character and the setting at large. Yes. yes. For example, I've seen whole big... groups that draw that line away from the setting. Right. Because they're yeah. not getting into a game master. Because I game. don't, for example, don't think Narl was a freak show character because while well, no one else in the party until John started playing, mm-hmm. he played a Noel as well. But while no one else in the party was playing a Noel, Noel's were a very big part of that world. Yeah. And so it was not uncommon for a Noel to be present in some regard. Mm-hmm. And so he wasn't a freak show character by virtue of how the world was built. Yeah. Uh, even though, and we did run into other Noles, and there were other Noles that were NPCs and friendly NPCs, unfriendly NPCs. Mm-hmm. And then once again, we got another PC or two that were also. And Noles it was a pretty later on, not comical, but it is a pretty gonzo out there game with the characters and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, and also by virtue of your thing of collaborative world building, mm-hmm. whatever we made became normal. 
Yeah. Right. You know, if you had agreed to let me play a time traveling guy in powered armor, then apparently there's a faction of them. <laughs> there's a culture there and, you know, they're part of the story and da, 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 da. But my point being, I'm not telling anyone that they need to play or not play anything so long as your group's okay with it. And I understand why people want to play these things because you're the accountant all day. Why do you want to go home and play the accountant? And we'll get to that in the second topic, which is why do people role play in the first place? So I'm not saying this is a never go there, but it is fascinating to me how you can flip the script by simply being deep with your character. I work in the IT group of a very large corporation. It's within the top 200 largest corporations in the U.S. And we work with a lot of people that if you were to put them in terms of class, race, D&D sort of distinctions, there's a whole lot of human tech nerds <laughs> in this team, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. that work fairly, not fully, but fairly uh, monolithic in that regard. But these are all still people that are interesting and diverse and whatever for their own reasons. For example, Chad will get to talking well, back when we were still in the office about his setup with records and the records mm-hmm. he's shopping for and the ones he's found. He's got all these interesting stories and he's into you know, lifting weights and he's into cooking and he's got advice on everything, which is <laughs> completely true. And then we had a guy who wasn't he like a MMA fighter or something weird like that boxer and no, like at a was semi-pro a, he, circuit. No, he was an Olympic weightlifter. Which I by Olympic weight I don't mean the Olympics I mean there was a sport called okay. Olympic I thought weightlifting. He was, okay, I thought he was some kind yeah. of fighter. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I got that idea, mm-hmm. but you know you can go up and down the line and yeah. you can find all these people. Brewmasters we have, and not just hobbyists, but like people who are certified and judge yeah. brewing competitions. They've been doing it so long. We've got people who are. Just, I mean, it's just all over the place. The diversity of interests and hobbies and stuff that are there. And so what I did with my character in this MMO was I decided, you know what, I'm going to write somebody who isn't following some kind of storyline where it's all edgelord or it's mm-hmm. all weird. You know, I'm just going to explore what I can do with relatively simple ideas. Here's a human or what in the game they call a hire, specifically a Highlander hire, which is a larger sort of, I guess, Northern European human. And... She comes from a, a merchantine family. She has a perfectly good relationship with her family. There's no drama there. Not an orphan. Not whatever. Just got kind of bored, went out into the world, decided that magic itself was kind of weakening society, and so prefers to practice practical medicine, like actual late renaissance era type medicine which is a thing in the setting that's not something that i invented whole cloth just to be weird but other than that everything about this character i mean apart from some random stories like i wrote some random stories as conversation starters that are a little bit unusual but there is nothing about the essence of the character it's unusual for example one of the things that's written into her background is that she at least claims that During her history as a doctor, she was hired by one of the major villains as a personal physician because this villain was leading a cult, right? So they have to look all high and mighty. And this is late Middle Ages or Renaissance or whatever. They had developed head lice. 
<laughs> and they needed help treating the head lice without revealing to the cult something so humanizing as they had picked up common head lice. My character claims to have been the personal physician of this person for a couple of weeks to use the oils and such that mm-hmm. they use to remove head lice. There you go. I mean, it's an interesting story, but it's not like, oh, and therefore, as a result, this NPC imbued half their power into me and yeah. I'm a god being reborn and I'm the, I, I don't know. I mean, just even like when people describe their actions and such, the amount of self-aggrandizing purple <laughs> pros that I have to listen to of they do a simple roll off to see who hits and then it's like, oh, so-and-so dodges their body seeming fluid and then fixed like wood in another place and crouched upon the table looking down that on you and you never notice the move at all and da, 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 da. by the way it's a huge no-no in role playing do not declare the actions of another person mm-hmm. and don't declare the reaction of another character that is theirs to decide so please don't do that in any form of role playing but i'm sitting here reading this and it's like a paragraph of the person swung at you and you dodged it mm-hmm. i mean couldn't we get that when a less self-aggrandizing, ridiculous, somewhere between purple prose and anime way. But I want you to know how awesome I am. Yeah, I know. You know what else you're going to need? Because <laughs> MMOs are obviously a whole lot more visual than tabletop role-playing games are to really drive home your, your, that you're special. You know what you have to have? No. This is the must-have item. Anyone want to take a wild guess? Tits. Well, no, that helps, <laughs> but no. Heterochromia. Your mm. eyes have to be different colors. Mm. You have to have like one blue and one green yeah. or one blue and one red or whatever. You, your eyes have to be this different colors. And I was asking someone like, what is up with That's this? Why so- do so many people have this in this game? And they said, well, because the anime it's used to set apart characters that are kind of crazy or really special in their background or whatever. I don't think you like, can hear my hear my eyes rolling, but they're Yeah, that's one of the strange things hard. about my characters. My characters' eyes don't glow and they're the same color. When that color is just a relatively middling shade of green. <laughs> when I worked in the optical industry, we would put up Velociraptor posters around the cubicles in the mm-hmm. office. And one of the things that always happened with CPAPs was an order was urgent. And so my friend Matt puts together with Velociraptor, if every order is urgent, is any order urgent? And it's the same way with the Final Fantasy fourteen, right? If every person has heterochromia, no one, no one is special. Yeah. This is just yeah, normal, exactly. uninteresting. The, the yeah. bell curve is inverted. There's a bell valley. And you find that the middle, the average, if you want to stand out, be that. And I'm not saying you have to be boring. I'm not saying you have to be weak. I mean, I work with people who are very capable individuals. If what we do for a living was our character class, we'd be stacking some high levels in there. If we had powers based on what we did, we'd be stacking some good powers in there. I mean, we're not boring individuals. Some people are. But I mean, you know, <laughs> most of them, and they have interesting side stuff and whatever. But when I walk down the aisle, it's not like the vast majority of them are orphans with dragon lineage. <laughs> and yet these are still interesting and capable people. So I'm not suggesting that you play a character that's boring or weak, right? That's not what I'm suggesting, but that you can do so much without changing the foundational parameters Mm -hmm. of what a character in this game is supposed to be. And that's what I've done with this MMO characters. I've not violated 
any bit of stated canon or continuity in the world. I've not added any of my own, nor have I really, apart from that cult leader thing, taken advantage of any of the existing canon to just self-late. Which is a bad idea, by the way, because the nerve endings in your mouth are more sensitive, so it'll feel like someone else's. Not that I know from personal experience. I'm just saying you're not that flexible. (laughs) (laughs) I can touch well past my toes, but my (laughs) I still have all my ribs. (laughs) This is why God is slowly taking you apart. (laughs) First, you phone home. And by phone home, I mean you hit you blind yourself with a phone. Yeah, no, I I, yeah, destroyed my eye with a phone. Yeah. okay. so just be clear, because people are asking about this. The loss of your eye was not the latter event. No, no, no. The loss was, of the eye was unrelated. That was in event. that was in January of this year. Loss yeah. of vision out of the eye. Loss he hasn't actually. Okay, yes. The yeah. eye is there. There's <laughs> no glass eye, eye or yeah. eye patch. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. eye is physically there, but apart from like vague light and shadow, he can't see out of it because he was trying to break a phone like a phone receiver yeah. across a loading dock edge and instead of bounced out of his hand and nailed well, him straight so in the my, eyeball. Actually, my grip never broke. The phone bounced hand and everything <laughs> right into the eye. Oh. Oh, wow. So the Lord said, stop hitting yourself. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Oh. I game with a guy. Um, used to be one of my paid gamers years ago, back when I was a bigger whore. And uh, I still game with him to this day. I adore him, but we joke that he has killed more parents than Disney, right? <laughs> Every character is an orphan. Mm-hmm. Every single goddamn one, right? Which, whatever. But in in the last big game that we played, the last fantasy game, my wife's character was exactly that. She was well-adjusted. Mm-hmm. Uh, she still had both of her parents. She still had her sibling. She went to the wizard's college cause she was smart and her parents were upper middle class and mm-hmm. pulled strings and got her there and da, 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 but perfectly normal, well-adjusted person that wanted to serve the state in their expansionist effort. Mm-hmm. Now, everyone else had really big yeah. epic background sort of silly stuff, but it was nice to see some, as you said, some normality in the background of the character. I'm a hundred percent scrutinizing like all of my character <laughs> choices currently. I'm like, no, no, no. Most of my characters have their parents or at least most of their parents. I got right. the same reaction because I took a clip of that dialogue and I, I didn't show the whole thing, but I just took that one clip out and I posted it to the fear of the boot Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And what I got was a whole bunch of people like, Kind of doing the same. Yeah. At least it seemed like that's what they were doing, that they were kind of mentally running through their characters like, yes. how many orphans and dragon children have I actually played? I don't think I have any And orphans. I'm very proud, because at least the people who posted, I don't know how many people were too ashamed to admit that's all their characters, <laughs> but at least, don't worry, we're still here, we're going to keep working on you. But <laughs> I was really pleased that at least the people that posted, they said, oh yeah, there was that one character. I mean, sure, great, everybody, yeah. have, have fun. I mean, I'm not saying, yet again, that you need to play Mr. Boring or Mrs. Boring or Ms. Boring or whatever boring. Or Mix Boring. Yeah, Mix Boring, <laughs> They Boring. I don't I don't know. However <laughs> it works nowadays. I can't hear, so I'm just I'm 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 totally in my own world. But <laughs> but the majority of the characters they were coming up with was quite normal stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it was yeah. really average characters that were interesting in the details of what they were, not the concept of what they were. It occurs to me that 
and this is probably a symptom of as my gaming career, I have spent much more time as a game master than I have as a player. Mm-hmm. I feel like I get a lot of my character development and my role playing out when I'm the game master. And so as a player, I'm not as good because I don't have the experience playing as I do as game mastering, I think. But also, I don't work to be a better player like I work to be a better game master. But also, the fun of the narrative and the world building for me is as the game master. So when I'm a player, I sometimes feel narratively that I'm taking a backseat to the game to let the game master and the other people do their story. And I'm sort of participant, but also spectator. I think that's just my style because I'm far more domineering and aggressive at the table when I'm running the game than as as opposed to playing the game. That's why I like collaborative world building. And that's Mm -hmm. why I try and do that in in almost all my games, even ones that don't really support that because I want people to bring that energy in. I want to, I want people to bring those options in. I don't, actually like constraining my players i I don't really like saying no you you can't play this you can't play that even though i i feel that i think that people can go too far off center and then suddenly the problem is that they're playing their own game you know you have these relatively normal you know street level crime fighters and then you have somebody playing galactus and galactus is playing his own game at that point And, and now you have to run for two different games But the thing is, I have always found, and this is going to be my defense of the people who play Freak Show characters. Sure. The people who play Galactus in the street level superhero type games, just as an example, put a lot of heart in it. If they're not just trying to tweak numbers to get the biggest blast. Sure. But if they're actually like, hey, this is my character. We haven't even rolled anything. Haven't even picked a class. Here's my character. I'm super. They are super pumped. They're super excited. And I don't want to constrain that at first. Yeah. And what I've learned over the years, because it used to be, I just never said no. And that's a problem. Yeah. And I say no now. But what I try and do is if I have a player come to me and they, they want this outrageous, far off center character, I want to work with them and try to just reel them back a bit, reel them back diplomatically, kind of try and shave some stuff off. It also helps to make characters together. I mean, let, let's take us, for example. I'm running a superhero campaign. I say it's kind of street level. Mike, you say something about, well, I want to play a former villain turned good guy, and he was like a bank robber, and he has firepowers. <laughs> you want to play an alien from another planet, but you're here in disguise. And, you know, you have, again, comparable powers mm-hmm. and stuff, and maybe you're on the run from them, so you can't call in the mothership or something like that. Right. And Dan, you will play Galactus. It is, socially speaking, it is very hard for Dan to say that because it is very obvious how different Dan's character is to Dan. If Dan has any, and he does, awareness of what's going (laughs) on around him. Now, I have run into people who have no awareness, but that's why it's good to, to get that on the table. I also, as a game master, find it helpful. So let's go to the Galactus example. Dan has a lot. Really, you just make a Unicron because that's plausible. No, no, because you go off on a tangent. Okay, <laughs> you get too excited. Uh, he's, he's, and, he's got you there. Okay, what about then, Mister Freeze? He's a little above street level. 
No, because you, you have an injury, you're going to get excited, okay. and I'll feel bad. <laughs> so you want to play Galactus, but you're coming to me with all this energy, right? You're coming to me with all this, you're pumped, and you have this story, and you have this background stuff, you have all these things. I don't want to kill that energy. Yeah. I want you to have that enthusiasm, but I also don't want to wreck the game, and I don't want to screw the game up for these two either. So I have to work with that. But it also, as a game master, when your group is sitting around, and they're talking about the world, maybe doing collaborative world building. When you're talking, you're making characters and stuff. I sit back and I close my damn mouth. I sit back and I watch because this is where the writing of the game starts because I am finding out what the players want. Laura has this idea. She wants this sort of other world family, political sort of secret thing going on. Well, that's pretty interesting. Mike has this idea about villains and a and a troubled past. Is it secret? Is it not secret? Man, I can really well, get how do I there. get pulled back into it? Right. How do I how do I leverage it to our advantage as heroes? Yep. But then, you know, do do I get slipped back in? And I'm taking all those notes. All right. And Dan with Galactus there, it's like Dan really wants something. He wants some concept out of the game. I can't give it to him with Galactus. Well, with Unicron. <laughs> I still can't do it. it to him with? But I need to figure out what that is. So I need to listen to your pitch. Right. Like, I need you to give me the full pitch. These two are groaning and rolling their eyes. I am taking notes and I am, like, engaged. I'm going to axe off <laughs> Unicron, <laughs> Mr. Freeze, and Galactus. But I need to divine what it is you're looking for so I can give well, that and to And I think you're right. Because (laughs) and that's the end of the show. (laughs) There is a ringtone now. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we've hit this point of uh, Hegelian uh, dialectical synthesis. So I did not understand. I could explain it. What's funny is don't lose your point, though. Yeah. No, no. What's funny is people give a lot of credit to Fallout New Vegas because of the fact that Kaiser Caesar in it talks about Hegelian dialectics. Except he gets it wrong. He's actually mismodeling Hegelian dialectics because what he's building in the Legion is not uh, the Hegelian synthesis. And I could explain that in detail, but I'm not going to. Do it on your own show. Okay, right. (laughs) I'll start my own podcast and do it there. there. (laughs) But the point being, what bothers me is not the freak show itself. Mm -hmm. It's what the freak show represents. And it represents or tends to represent a mart laziness hmm. because they don't say well we're all accountants but i'm going to be the werewolf from another dimension and here's the depth of my character hmm. no it's that's the end of it that's the whole of that's it. the yeah. whole of it and when i look at this mmo as an example though once again i've seen this plenty in tabletop role-playing game and somebody comes in and it's, oh, I've got this super secretive edgelord background and they're orphans and descended from dragons and blah, blah, blah. And I'll sit down and I just get real passive aggressive in the role play. And so I'll just talk to them about the most banal things, like which vegetables are in season right now that you really <laughs> like? Because I'm thinking about ordering a salad here and just they have nowhere to go with it because their character is so undeveloped. So is my issue... Let's say we're doing a D&D game solely that someone wants to play the owlbear from the future. No. I mean, maybe. 
But the bigger issue is my fear is going to be that's as much of the characters will ever be developed Mm -hmm. is everything will be within one degree of separation of that statement. I'm an owlbearer from the future and therefore I'm owlberry and futury and maybe have things related to wanting to get back to my time. It makes for very one dimensional characters. Nobody wants to play with that. Like it's it's boring. What are you supposed to do with that? See, again, I, I still see opportunity there because necessity is the mother of invention. So you come to me, you want your extra dimensional owlbear, werewolf, dinosaur <laughs> riding laser guy. And as a game master, I'm going to be like, oh, no, you really got to sell me on this. Actually, what I'm saying is the answer is no, hell no, absolutely hell no, not. <laughs> but I want them to think about it. Maybe they don't have that energy I was looking for. Maybe you're right. Maybe they're just like, oh, I just want to play an owlbear because I get a plus four. And I'm a freaking owlbear and I can eat a door and that'll be awesome. (laughs) But they know, or at least I'm going to communicate with them, that if I as the game master feel that's the case, I'm just going to say no. So you, if you want this owlbear, you need to start dancing. Yeah. And in that necessity, pressure brings things out in people. Necessity is the mother of invention. And so people will start being like, oh, well, you know, I was a prince and I pissed off a witch and she turned me into an owlbear and I'm searching for. I'm like, that's really stupid, but that's a story. And we can work with yeah, that and, story. You know, I, okay. I have seen this. Mm-hmm. So I, I make the comment about my role playing technique being passive aggressive which it is. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pretend I'm more mature than I am. <laughs> but it does have another property to it, which is it challenges the person to think about other aspects of their character. Mm-hmm. You know, It challenges them to think about... Uh, I, I can give you one example. As I was role-playing with this guy who... I, I didn't read his character background, so I don't know what he's actually got in mind for the character. But at first blush, was kind of like run off from the tribe they were supposed to be a part of, outcast, ended up getting taken into this place, and so on and so forth, but's having trouble letting go of all these, kind of this Mowgli sort of mm-hmm. thing. And at first, I was kind of like, okay, this is whatever, you know. But as I started role-playing with him, I started asking him questions about his background that required or pull that relatively banal threads. Like mm-hmm. one of the things was he said that he used to be a hunter for his tribe before they outcast him or whatever the story was. Okay. So another kind of, you know, I'm a badass. Mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm a loner who kills with a shot and whatever, but what's your biggest problem? I was too good of a hunter. But when I was encountering him, he was in the process of using the guilds cooking facilities mm-hmm. to make some food. So, I started down that road. Okay, this isn't a dead animal. This isn't a gazelle carcass for my Homestar mm-hmm. Runner folks over a campfire. Where'd you learn how to make this? Right. Because I'm going to guess they didn't teach this to you, you know, back in the tribe. Mm-hmm. Somebody else taught you this. And so we had to start developing that story. Yeah. And so then I kept pulling at other threads. He's like, well, I got taken. Uh, when I f- went to this one city, I got taken into the uh, culinarian school there. And I said, okay. I said, fairly fashionable restaurant. I said, I'm kind of surprised they, I mean, no offense, mm. but you're this you're is half a- naked, covered in skins, and you smell bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, you're, you're probably covered in fleas right now. <laughs> and 
it's like, why would they bring you into a high-end restaurant? There's got to be a story mm-hmm. there. I don't know if he already had this story or developed it on the spot, but I started pulling some mm-hmm. depth of background, some grounding to the character. And I hope, and I don't know if I did or not, but I hope I was able to get him to develop his character with some depth that may not have yeah. previously been there. Or like you said, maybe he had it. I mean, we kind of look at these outlandish characters as all the effort and time and brain powers put into the outlandishness. And like I said, it, it's, it's a split. You know, again, there are people who is like, I want to be the bugbear because that's plus four to strength. But there are people who, I mean, they want to play this outlandishness because they have a really specific idea yeah. about what they want. And they develop whole worlds around it. I mean, when, when someone gets enthused about something, you don't want to kill the enthusiasm. You also want to save the game, yeah. but you don't want to kill the enthusiasm. And I think that's a good way to, not the passive-aggressive role-playing, but from like a game master <laughs> standpoint, start drawing that out of them and stuff. Like looking, it's like, okay, well, it says your, your parents were dead. When did they die? Were you a little kid? Oh, yeah, I was a little kid. You know, Batman. Well, who took care of you? Oh, well, uh, my grandmother. Tell me about your grandmother. I mean, I, and, and then before they say anything, it's your grandmother. I imagine she's not a badass dinosaur, you know, <laughs> riding, whatever. Yeah, well, so or you're going to go down her? the other road of, oh, well, she abused him and yeah. he basically raised himself on the streets. and Well, and so you can, this is going to sound bad, you can use that against them. And yeah. I don't mean in game. I mean, again, we're still making the character. It's like, okay, so your grandmother abused you. You ended up on the streets. And I see here, too, that, you know, they, they turned you into a pickpocket. And that's why you're playing a thief, a bugbear thief. But whatever. Hey, hey, I get a bonus <laughs> stealth. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And it's like, I'm seeing a lot of, of bugbears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of negatives here. I'm seeing, you know, parents dead, abused grandmother, you know, this, this, then this. Then. What can you give me for positives? There had to be some bright light in your life yeah. here. Give me yeah. three people that cared about your character and you cared about yeah. them. And and Father Mulcahy milked my prostate. <laughs> That's what I really learned and make it, about my own sexuality. And make it, not like that, but make it to where they are doing you a favor. It's just like, okay, so so I got these sort of negative characters here, these NPCs and ideas and stuff. Give me some positive ones, too. Give me some good points in your life, if, especially if the guy's playing Captain Edge Dark there. Because I need some NPCs. And once if they give you some like, oh, well, the captain of the guard treated me well. He watched out for me. Fantastic. Tell me more about this captain of the guard. And then when he starts developing the captain of the guard, you can start saying, well, I really like this captain of the guard character. I really like the fact that you're, well, I hate the fact that your grandmother abused you, but it makes an interesting story concept. Don't you think it would be really interesting, though? Because we don't have bugbears running around the city and nobody else is playing a bugbear. Why don't we take elements of this story? Why don't you take this captain, the grandmother, the orphan thing, the pickpocket, and maybe walk back the bugbear part? Uh, stealth bonus. How about I give you advantage on stealth once per game? Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm a game master. I'm here to make have deals. Have been swaffling between bugbears and owlbears? I thought, yes, we have. We have. We have. Okay. Uh, hey, so, hey, you uh, assume D&D. I love owlbears, uh, too. Okay. <laughs> that seems real appropriate. This might not even be D&D. <laughs> this could be something totally different. No, that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. This could be... That's negotiable, but I would counter with... A lower stealth bonus. Yes, a lower stealth bonus. So we're like, okay, well, I'm going to play human, 
and I got all the human benefits, but I really need my stealth bonus. So yes. can and I do then, this? So can I can I say instead of giving me both of my plus two bonuses to random stats, mm-hmm. give me one plus two bonus and the bugbear bonus to stealth. But I'll play a human. So here's what I would do in that situation, right? Chad, the game master, does not give a sh- about numbers <laughs> but i would sit there and go hmm i don't know maybe that's a little too powerful mm. i tell you what chad you don't give a shit about numbers i listen <laughs> you to don't sh- know me. i listen to the show you don't give a fuck about Just my numbers filing I'm this away for the next campaign he runs yeah, yeah. the other players yeah. care yeah. <laughs> i tell you what why don't you give me another npc give me another facet of your background in this you know you said that you were by the chancellery give me a couple characters there and i'll give you the numbers you want and then the other players are sitting there, and like you said, well, the other players care. So now... Now you're buying stuff from them. Yeah. Now right. I'm going... It's like, hey, guys, I just gave him the plus numbers. I, I don't even remember what the numbers are now because <laughs> I don't care. But I I gave him something. I'm the game master. I'm shopping for NPCs, story hooks, plot hooks, that sort of thing. What can you guys give me? I've got numbers on the table, <laughs> and I am buying them from my players. So... I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. I like it. In the... West March's game that I still need to start. There's a lot of bugbears? No, but there are a lot of characters that I would definitely call freak show characters. I had to buy a few added books to get the playability of some of these species. And at first I was kind of like, man, I really want to keep this on the down low. I really want to keep people playing pretty regular stuff. But then you remembered your favorite character is Gnarl. Well, no, it wasn't that. It wasn't that because I was okay with like one or two characters, but I noticed a lot of people were going right. weird. But there were two things that hit me. One is the fact that this game has a bunch of people in it that are new to role playing. Mm-hmm. It's got some veterans as well. I mean, Brewer's in it, Wayne's in it, Johnny G's in it. But it's got some people that are new to role playing. And in some cases, it's got. Well, some of them are children who this is their first, I mean, maybe they've thrown a few dice, but this is their first really formalized role-playing game excursion to begin with. And so if what it takes to get them invested in the setting is playing something kind of weird, then I can live with that. But I noticed something else, which is because they were sufficiently unfamiliar with how the game worked. Because when I say D&D to them, they just picture the sum of fantasy that they have experienced. Yeah. They don't really understand that within D&D, there's a norm of what things are and what people are. And so they would hand me these characters that in character concept are freak show characters, but they would blend them into society mm-hmm. just like they were a regular human being. Like there's yeah. nothing unusual about them. And they would talk about, oh, you know, he or she loves this and hates this and their family's over here and, you know, they're really big into baking and mm-hmm. whatever. And it's like, okay, great. You know, I've I've got a yawn tea abomination, which is the proper name of the monster in there. But this yawn tea abomination, quite frankly, has a far more normal and well-developed background than many human characters I've encountered Mm -hmm. in D&D. And so it's like, well, you know what? I don't care. And they can go that way. So I mean, once again, it's not the freak show itself that disturbs me. It's more like what the freak show probably represents. There are only three bad things about freak show characters. Number one is when it's the bugbear plus the stealth thing. It's when it's statistically imbalanced yep. relative to the rest of the group. Yeah, or, yes. or even like 
I don't have a character. I don't really even want to play a bugbear, but bugbear is the only one I can get these synergies and get this plus four with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, yeah, that I have a problem with that. Yeah, math wank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah math yeah. wank. My other problem is when the character is, it, it's all about them. Mm-hmm. They are playing their own game because I've seen players play these crazy. I had a player once as a D&D game. Everybody's playing your normal D&D stuff. I mean, we have people who cast magic. We have people who can do this. We have people who do that. And they handed me paragraph after paragraph of their dragon in human form. Totally never going to change into a dragon. Right. You know, and of obviously they sunk a lot of love into this character. and I had to torpedo it. But it wasn't actually because of the dragon. It was because their character in the write-up mentioned nothing about the world, nothing about the other players. Yeah, had no close. NPCs. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I'm talking about with when I say... Well, my third one real quick though, is when it's it's just so far off target. It's just like, here's the world, here's the players, here's this. We are playing teen vampires in high school, Twilight sort of game, and... Here comes Dan as Mr. Freeze. There, right. Are you happy? Yes. Excellent. <laughs> but here comes this totally left field character. It's like, did you show up to the wrong game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and what you're talking about in your middle point, I mean, that's really been one of my big issues is that you look at these characters and everything is within a close orbit of the fact that they're a weirdo. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example from a video game. So I was bitching the other day because they, I don't know where XCOM 3 is right now. Mm-hmm. I know they apparently, Fraxis, whoever it is, did just do a big round of hiring. So it appears they're ramping up development on XCOM 3, but nobody knows for sure. And I'm also, there's still some internal debate within the fan community of is XCOM 3 uh, setting up to be XCOM Apocalypse or XCOM Terror from the Deep and whatever. The point is, I was bitching about the lack of XCOM 3. And several people were tossing out, well, well, in the meantime, why don't you play this game or this game or this game? And the two that were probably mentioned most is one of which I actually did just start playing because it finally came to Steam. Because it wasn't on Steam before, uh, which is Phoenix Point. I've not gotten far enough, so I couldn't spoil this for you if I wanted to. (laughs) But it appears there are either some direct or very thinly railed references to XCOM, particularly in one of the game's factions. But... The other game that a lot of people are throwing out is ostensibly an XCOM game. And it's called XCOM Chimera Project or something. Yeah, it's their mobile one. Well, and it's also, you can get it on Steam and whatnot. A bunch of things bugged me about the game. One is it felt wildly out of theme with the other Mm -hmm. XCOM games. You know, that we had gone from being in a war of extinction with aliens, the vast majority of which... Maybe we're barely sentient and certainly weren't sapient. These were not functioning individuals. In fact, when you drag them in for tea and torture, that's what you get, is that you really can't get much from them in terms of interrogation. You're basically just vivisecting them. You know, they could talk, but only in the most remedial sorts of ways, especially without some form of psychic direction. Okay, if you cut them off from that psychic direction, they just kind of go into this torpor or whatever. It's, it's, it's kind of a weird thing. But in the Chimera Project, they suddenly, it's just like 10 or 20 years after XCOM 2, and now suddenly these aliens are just like a regular part of our society. Mm. That, like, you catch sectoid hybrids doing serial commercials, and there's 
snake men on do like doing newscasting and whatever. And two things bugged me. One, it has nothing to do with our topic, but I need <laughs> to say it. And the other does relate to our topic. The one that bugs me, it has nothing to do with our topic, is you guys set me up, you guys being Fraxis here, wherever it is, with a uh, continuity based on who I imagine the commander to be. Mm. Because that's the, the role you play and the decision you make. And then this game, they start making declarations on behalf of the commander. Okay, not a commander, the commander trademark. And it's like, you think it, you know, Bob, it seems a little off from XCOM that we've got all these aliens on our team now. I mean, it looks like a Benetton commercial. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, the commander would be totally fine. Like, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I absolutely would not be okay with this. And then, like, we're going out on these missions. And, like, one of the snake chicks is talking about, like, all the humans she killed back before the end of the war. I'd have put her head off right there in the car. <laughs> like, you sit here getting off. I mean, like, your smack talk when other people are kind of, you know, just messing around with you is to talk about how many humans you've killed. Thanks. You just became your own judge and jury. I'll be the executioner. I mean, it's, I don't know. That, that's my rant. Okay. Now, what does actually bother me about it that's related to the topic and not my bizarre fictional-based politics which is the fact that the aliens did not seem at least where i was at to have any character beyond the fact that they are alien right when a muton which is a big massive hulk of an alien joins your squad the joke is he's the muton he needs the biggest locker and because one of the other people didn't get their stuff out of there fast enough, he just tore the door off the locker and threw it on the ground. And when he goes on missions, he talks about how, you know, oh, we got to be careful on this entry because of this. Well, I don't because I'm massive and I'm a muton. And it's like, okay, I get it. Can you at least tell me which of the sectoid cereals you like? I mean, that <laughs> might add a little bit of interest or depth to your character, but the freak shows as far as it goes. Mm -hmm. You know, the humans get developed. The aliens, that's their depth. It's, it's an alien. Yeah. Oh, wow, isn't this weird? XCOM agents are running around with aliens, which, okay, yeah, like I said, I, I take huge offense to that. But the point is that within a more of a rational state of mind, that <laughs> <laughs> that's not character development. Right. You know, you're just identifying what you are. Mm -hmm. It's like saying, oh, yeah, I'm a... Cleric is not a character background. No. Fighter is not no, a character Nor is elven fighter. Yeah. I and mean, it's... Software developer not a character background or a personality trait. It's just not. Yeah. You know, it, certified public accountant, as much as people want it to be, it is also not a personality yeah. or a background trait. I, I mean, the, the Muton didn't bother me, per se, in his existence, but it's like, is there anything to his character that is not three words away from, because I'm a Muton? Hmm. Anything? You know, yeah, like, does he dig trashy romance novels? Yeah, precisely. Something like that. Something that, okay. Well, it's just every time well, I read it and, no, I, and he, I read the words turgid, I just highlight it. Like, yeah, I don't, can't because his muton hands are too big yeah, to read Yeah, I tried that as a muton, but I don't understand romance because I'm a muton. And my highlighter is the size of a Volkswagen because that's what mutons hold. And it, it's like, dude, I should have killed you in the last game. Why are you but even my here? turgid muton. <laughs> that sweet Seriously, this game should end with a throwback like expansion to XCOM 2 where I have to go in and basically clean up and shut down this organization that has <laughs> utterly lost our vision and our control. So anyway, I will end it on that. Yeah, so here we are sitting around, most of us 
either currently or having recently convalesced or quarantined. Yay. Uh, hopefully none of us will die between the next episode. Some uh, big big changes are happening at Wizards of the Coast. A lot of a lot of lawsuits getting thrown at the Watsy way. Yeah. That's very exciting. We do more gaming discussion than news, yep. but yeah, no. lots of people piling on the Watsy way. Well, so well do you want to talk about other news in game makes me happy. Casey Hudson left Bioware. Oh. The guy that ruined Mass Effect is oh. now gone from Bioware. Of course, EA still owns Bioware, so... Bioware needs to ditch EA, but whatever. I'll take what I can get. I'm super excited for this next year, right? I, I mean, I hope we get some conventions at least the at least maybe the last half of the year. I second. say not until the last half. Yeah, You're maybe. Not- Maybe we'll get some cons. Maybe we'll hear an announcement about 6th edition Dungeons and Dragons, hmm. or we'll hear rumors about an equity firm buying Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. That's my guess, is that it's not about 6th edition D&D. It's about streamlining and stripping down the product to make it more marketable. I don't think they need to. I think they accomplished that with 5th edition. I don't. I, well, so I don't want to. I mean, we don't want to get into it because it's not right, an right. issue. Right, right. It's it's super exciting. Yeah, and then uh, Tracy Hickman and Margaret oh, Weiss yeah. are suing them over right. uh, was it breach of contract or tortious interference so, or something well, or the, other. The speculation, because I actually interviewed Dave Wallace again recently, and the idea is, is that they want to break ties with anyone who has their fingers in 5E so they can make 6E and have complete autonomy over the license. Margaret Weiss Productions and Margaret Weiss, you get nothing to do with 6th edition D&D. Dragonlance isn't coming to 6, right? Uh, Battlefront Miniatures, right? So the the, the Gale Force 9 who do the high-end stuff for D&D, not what WizKids is doing, but the resin sculpts, etc., the higher-end miniatures, breaking ties with you guys, right? We're telling ACD Distribution, you no longer get to carry Watsy product. Mm. Well, that. They have a lot of speculation as to why this is happening, but it's super, super exciting. Yeah, say as as for well, conventions. I'm not gonna. I'm not prepared. Exciting. I think it's super interesting what's happening with in terms of what Watsi's doing with their products, with Magic the Gathering, Mm -hmm. the connections between ACD and Asmodee. Watsi telling ACD, "You can't carry our product anymore." How does ACD survive without selling? Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons as a distributor. In the, I mean, I, I think that is fascinating. Hmm. As for the rest of you, thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great week and great games and stay off of ladders and your left ear and COVID and everything else. And we will catch you next time. Yeah. This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2020. Listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor, so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. If you wish to support this show and its related endeavors, you can do so at patreon.com slash feartheboot.